Hey guys, just wanted to say a couple things real quick before this episode starts. First, excuse the poor audio quality. We recorded this in a small bedroom with pretty much no sound deadening and there's a lot of bleed over between the microphones. Tried to fix it as much as I could, but I'm no audio wizard like Mike, so just excuse that. But beyond that, we recorded this episode several weeks ago and there's a lot of things that we're talking about that have a lot of moving parts in them. So some of the dates are going to be a little wrong. Just know that everything that we talked about, we have been working on and have continued to work on since we recorded this episode. And it's all going to come out really soon, but it might not be exactly as it sounds in this podcast. That said, we'll make sure to keep you updated on future episodes of the podcast and on our social media, our Instagram and other places as well. So that said, let's just get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. No, this isn't Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture. It's Mike Montgomery from the greatest DIY YouTube channel on earth, Modern Build. Sorry, I was taking a drink of water. Yeah, well, with me as always, I've got Binueta from Homemade Modern. What's up? And last and least, Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture. You know, it's crazy. We're all in the same room, yet somehow Ben still had lag there. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it's a technical difficulty. I think it's Ben. He's just the human lag. Exactly. exactly. Hold on. You call him last. Am I just not here? Well, no. I was, you got to let me segue. Special guest. You got to let me segue. And today is a very special episode because we have our new business partner for the company that we've been alluding to for the past month or so, Jordan Thompson of Maker Brand. Co. What's going on? Welcome. Welcome to the welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. And uh yeah, should we just do a quick intro for 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 Jordan's sake or should we let him just do it himself? Uh, he probably knows more about himself than we know. Yeah? All yeah. right. Well, kick it off. Give us the the 2 minute about me. Give us the Tinder bio Hope, right here. <laughs> Hopefully I can stretch it to 2 minutes. I don't know if there's that much. Yeah, uh so my name is Jordan Thompson. I am from the wonderful state of Idaho. Born and raised. Born and raised in Boise, Idaho, right around Boise, Idaho. I like the way you say it. I always thought it was Boise. Yeah, that's how I always say it too. See. Yeah, let me let me set the record straight. Let me set the yeah, record boy. straight. Where is the Z in Boise? There's no, there is none. All right, so all right, Boise. easy, Boise. my man. Come Boise. on, go Google a song. <laughs> He's got Mike in a headlock right now. Come go on, Jordan, Google let him go. a song. There, there is no Z in Boise. Oh, so that's a real song. A real huh? song. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so from Boise, Idaho, I really there's nothing special about me except for the fact that I love to build businesses. Wow, wow. Yeah, and things. You're a bit of a maker. On top of that, you yeah. know, I'm a bit of a maker. I'm a definitely a rookie maker. Yeah. I don't profess to be good at it, but I do love it. I do well, love it's, making. It's fair to say this whole thing would not have happened if it were not a hobby of yours. If it were not for my wife getting on my case about building a new dining table. Is that the first? Pro- that's the first project, right? That was the first project. And it's still in my dining room today. And nice. It's not the prettiest. He's like, and it is warped to hell. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. It really is. <laughs> he needed stronger it really is. That's awesome. And so yeah. you, you've built businesses in the past. You've got experience with that. And, and we're going to talk later on about how we all connected and how this whole kind of company came together. But yeah, but yeah so, so you've been an entrepreneur for most of your life, yeah? Yeah, exactly. My dad, that's kind of how he raised me with my brothers. Me and my brothers are all the same way. Um, yeah, I've been buying and selling businesses really since I came out of high school. And uh, that's kind of that's what, what led all our paths to cross. A real Shark Tank moment. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. I want to go back to the Boise thing. Oh, wow. So if you went there, would almost everybody who lives there say Boise? So here's the thing. We're in California right now and nothing against California. Oh, boy. But well, I'm not are, from here. There so. are tons of Californians moving to Boise right now. And you can tell if they're from out of state if they pronounce it Boise. Okay. Oh. So that's, the, that's, that's the telltale that's giveaway. The, yes, exactly. That's the tell. If they pronounce it Boise, there's a chance they grew up there. Okay. Right. So if you or grew they up know there, how to read. Either one. <laughs> Either one. It's one of the two. That's funny. So before this maker brand conversation starts, we need to send out the link so that people can like look at it now, get the feel. So on Instagram, we are at maker brand co really, really simple. It's just maker brand. And then the word C O at the end of that. And then our website is the same thing. Makerbrandco.com. All of our products are going to be there. All the info you need will be there. If you go to the Instagram at this moment, it's going to look a little barren. So we're trying to build a little hype, build a little anticipation, but just be sure to follow that and stay tuned so that when the real launch happens, you're in the know and you don't miss out. Awesome. So let's keep it moving. Yeah. So today's going to be a really exciting episode because one, we're just excited to share all of this. We've been working in the background on this for about three months now, at least, um, sourcing suppliers and all of this for this tool brand, which like I said, we'll talk about, but first like, let's, uh, Let's talk about what we've been doing this week. We've actually been testing one of our new products, and uh, so far, so good. And one of the things, just to backtrack a little bit of why we wanted to start a tool company. I mean, we have lots of tool companies as sponsors. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we're in a shortage of getting free sponsored tools. But one of the things that we've noticed for a while is that uh, there's a lot of good options for woodworking tools. You know, we've worked with companies like Rockler and stuff like that. There's, if you go to Home Depot, there's a lot of DIY sort of options. A lot of contractor tools, a lot of industry stuff. But there wasn't really like a brand that we saw that was developing a more general sort of uh, generally useful category for makers. Exactly. That might be working with a lot of things. So um, we decided to, to start a company. We're calling it Maker Brand. And we want to really focus on that space. The other thing, and it's funny too, because in a recent uh, podcast from the Making It guys, Jimmy DeResta uh, was talking about how these tool companies don't often take input from people that do what we do, which right. is more just sort of generalist makers. And he, he made some really good points about how they just keep making things look like crazier and crazier transformers with like more complex molded plastics. Yeah. We know what we need, and uh, a lot, there's a lot of overlap in our community with people doing similar things. So we want to really, you know, create the tools that we felt were missing that we couldn't really get what we wanted. And uh, really excited because the first one we're, we're launching is the sort of tool or accessory that no one can ever have enough of, and that's clamps. Exactly. Yeah, so clamps are are interesting because, one – Everybody has clamps, right? You're immediately not alienating a single person. Right. And there's a big value drop-off that I've seen with most clamp manufacturers. Is you can get cheap clamps from places like Harbor Freight, um, the northern tools of the world, and they last for like six months and break or start not being straight and all of this kind of stuff. Or you can go up to the higher-end brands like Bessie, and things like that, mm-hmm. and you are spending a whole lot, but there's a real level of diminishing returns once you hit that middle ground. And so what we're trying to do is, one, remove a lot of the plastic parts, like what you were alluding to, Ben, just a minute ago, 
and just strip things to their pure utility mm-hmm. and remove points of failure. Um, and so clamps seemed like a really great place to start. One, like I said, because everyone uses them, but mostly because I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, we talked a lot when we were starting this brand and before we started the brand about things that wouldn't be impossible to improve on. We don't want to reinvent the wheel completely, but we want to be the guy that invents spokes, right? Mm -hmm. Make it more useful, improve it 20% and make it a huge net gain overall. And so some of the main clamp manufacturers on the market that we've seen are using a whole lot of plastic parts um, and have joints and rivets that are at least compromised oftentimes. And so it was a really easy way for us to use all steel and cast iron parts, limit moving parts, and have just a more like just a more robust yeah, I mean, I think piece that, of equipment. I think the easiest way to think about it is so let's just talk about one of the first offerings that we're going to do have. it. Yeah. So the T bar clamp. Yes. Which we uh, lovingly refer to internally as the mic clamp. Yes. It's, it's my pride and joy. It's, it's my baby. <laughs> um, so if you look at that clamp, yeah. it's super heavy duty. Yeah. Really simplistic in the number of pieces that it uses and the functionality of it. You can look at every single piece on it if you knew nothing about clamps and you would quickly understand what each of those pieces is for. So let's describe right, it. Right. Let's yeah. talk about it. So Who wants like, to go off on it? Oh, so the. First of all, we just tested it, and you can crush a cinder block with it. Easily. Um, And what what we're trying to do here is we're not trying to replace all the existing tools. What we're trying to do is fill in some of the gaps that we've sort of identified. So I have Bessie clamps. They're great. I have some Harbor Freight cheap clamps. They're not great, but they were cheap. But what I really like about these is uh, we'll tend to do applications of woodworking or making that aren't typical. So, for example, Mike made a two by four, or a tabletop all out of two by fours. Yep. So, if you're clamping together construction grade lumber uh, to make a flat sort of butcher block top, you're going to need a clamp that one you can you know have a be really heavy duty so it can withstand the torque. Whereas the Harbor Freight ones tend not to do that. The aluminum on them kind of twists. Same with the Bessies, yeah. And the Bessies don't have enough travel. Exactly, yeah. Right, because they, they're meant for like more cabinet grade finished wood yeah. that's kiln dried and all those things. Yeah. So we wanted something it's almost like an S. It's basically like the SUV. Remember when there only used to be like trucks and cars, <laughs> and hopefully it's not the El Camino. It's more of the SUV. Right, uh, right, right. But so we wanted a clamp that has a lot of travel. Yeah. It has like you know what over eight inches of travel. Exactly. Yeah. And we also wanted real positive stops. There's nothing I hate more when you're than when you're tightening up a clamp and you think that the other side is locked in, but you realize you're just sliding it down the length of the bar, <laughs> and then you have to uh, re-screw the whole thing back up. So uh, it has all positive stops. It's real heavy-duty metal. You can crush a cinder block with it, and uh, and it has a ton of travel. Right. So for if you're if you're trying to you know. Uh, get some checks out of a wood. You're dealing with warped boards. I'm really excited because I have a bunch of tropical hardwood uh, Ipe deck boards that tend to be a little bit warped and I wanted to table bit. out of. It's something I can really force in. So it's almost like having a a bar clamp that has a vice on it in terms of the amount of you know of power and force you can put into it. Well, I think w- one thing that's really interesting to me is we've been at this process of of 
refining these products for months now, like close to six months, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is not the first iteration of this clamp, right? It's been, we've, we've had multiple samples, we've tweaked things, we've changed things to get this final product that we finally feel like is, is up to par, you know? Absolutely. And, and, you know, today was kind of the, the final test when we crushed that cinder block with it, with, <laughs> with ease, right? Like that was, that was a, a really good testament to, to what this clamp is really going to be. And, and this is only the first clamp and we have others that we're coming out with as well to start, but uh, this is only the first of, of many great products that are going to come and we're right. really excited. Yeah, Maker Brand is really exciting. So we're kind of adopting the idea of producing or releasing collections of products. So the the jumping off point that we're doing is clamps. And we've got two clamps that we're starting with. And like you said, Jordan, we're going to be adding more as time goes. And as we can improve products, uh, maybe it's a small change here or there, we can continually make what we're making better and better. Um, so the second clamp that we're doing is an F-style clamp that mm-hmm. is, might I say, just as sturdy. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. equally yeah. beefy. Exactly. So it's funny, walking around thrift shops uh, a couple weeks ago and looking at all of the tools, I was hunting for a, for a credenza, and I kept stopping at all of the thrift stores where they had tools and displays, and it seemed like everything was just huge chunks of steel with like a blade on them or like a huge chunk of steel with mm-hmm. like pliers on it or something. Everything was just pure metal and like no bullshit and that's exactly what we're trying to go for here so the f-style clamp is literally two pieces of cast steel cast iron what is it some kind of cast metal i don't know um (laughs) but it's just like so beefy and so strong and it's really got some cool upside so when you compare it to similar products on the market for one the throat of it is way deeper so instead of kind of standard three to four inches that that the clamp can go into the wood Mm -hmm. um ours is right about six inches so it's a you can really deep throat that thing in there (laughs) (laughs) it's about six inches so you can really get into a joint and make sure that your boards are either flush or things are lining up right and so on top of that we with the idea of limiting possible points of failure a lot of F-style clamps to slide the the jaw up and down, you either have some kind of spring or mechanical release mm-hmm. um, to slide it up and down, and then that grips into the teeth. But with ours, it's just a pure friction stop. And so as soon as pressure becomes applied to that jaw, it tightens itself down and it's basically impossible to release, which is great because now we don't have that small part that can fall out or that small part that can break and completely ruin what is otherwise a really strong and really nice product. Um, so, anybody else have anything to say well, about uh, the F clamp? I say it's, it's not so much about you know these are the two products we're we're starting with and we're very excited of them and we don't want to sound too much like an infomercial, right? Yeah, but we're right now we're we're deep in our sort of clamp research, so totally we're, we're nerding out, of and we've been wanting to talk about it for so long. It's been a long time. The thing that I'm most excited about is just this process, right? Yeah. So, you know. As content producers and influencers, we sort of work with a lot of direct-to-consumer brands because they're normally, you know, really smart about reaching out to where there's sort of value in the advertising world. And they like to cut out the middleman, so they'll go straight to people that produce the content and also have the audience. Right. And in sort of watching, you know, uh, companies like Greats, which is the, the shoe company I've been involved with, seeing how they can they can bring a better product to market for less money by going by cutting out the sort of retail part of it. Uh, so I'm excited about two things. One, the sort of business aspect of that. And then the other part is sort of the creative 
thing is that these are going to be maker products brought to you by people that actually make. Yeah. Yeah. That's and exactly right. it doesn't, it, so that means is, you know, we have some good ideas, but we're not engineers and we're not that. So we're not going to be necessarily at the trying to invent the next saw stop or anything like that. What we want is to sort of, it's in between sort of curating and designing practical, useful tools that have, you know, one or two features that are either make them more convenient or make them last longer or more durable. Right. So, for example, with clamps, like one of the things, uh, Chris is more of a neat maker, I think, is, is that you're more organized. It's on my business card. Right. Uh, His cuts are really straight, things where, like that. And you take, you seem, you know, having visited your shop, things go back to where they're supposed to go. You clean up, like you don't have glue all over your clamps. For the most part, yeah. Um, whereas Mike and I tend to be more fly by the seat of our pants, make a big mess, and then spend, you know, one day a week cleaning up. You know, sort of. I haven't noticed yeah. being here at Maker Ranch. <laughs> I, I, haven't, just, I haven't noticed. I literally <laughs> described you guys yesterday to somebody as fly by the seat of their pants guys. Wow. So, so that's that's what's been kind of kind of fun and just sort of brainstorming and coming up with these things. Is we're trying to do it from both perspectives. Is yeah. can we do you know products that are precise and you know refined enough that Chris will find them useful, but durable like. Mike, you'll leave stuff out all night, like you know, yeah, out, outside, right? So, we're we're trying to sort of find that balance between things that are precise and refined tools, but also durable and uh, uh, you know heavy duty, so that they, they can take a beating too. And it seems like just cutting out as many parts that, that aren't necessary is kind of the simple way of doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I think as makers, we've all been to that that place where we've, I mean. I use power tools quite a bit, but there's still a lot of functions on different power tools that I don't know what they're at because they might be for what a contractor uses them for. There's still a lot of, like, we were talking about it the other day with, like, speed squares, you know, those triangular Mm -hmm. aluminum squares. There's a lot of little slots and marking things in there that I, even though I use one of those probably, like, at least twice a week at, at the very least. There's still so many little of those things I don't know, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, and what's interesting is that there might be a lot of generalities or things that are in there for carpentry and for rough framing yeah. that are actually compromising its ability to function for my day-to-day usage. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so that's why we really want to tailor these things so that we're, we're, we're having the sort of general tools that work well for us as makers. That's funny. That reminded me of the other day. I was working on the platform uh, plywood bed, and I needed to make a line an inch and a half from an edge of a board. And oftentimes, the speed squares you're talking about, they have grooves on them for every either eighth of an inch, half inch. It just kind of depends on the brands. Yeah. But this speed square... The grooves started, I think, at two inches, oh. and I needed to make a mark at an inch and a quarter, an inch and a half, hmm. and so I literally just like got a drill bit, drilled a hole in the speed square at <laughs> that modified. mark, and then I used it. But I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, the only reason that it doesn't have the groove there is because it's got some kind of weird angle guide on the other side of right. on the other side of the square. And so, exactly what you're saying, like, what's useful to a tradesman or a carpenter. Even though it's totally practical and it makes complete sense, doesn't exactly make it more useful for the maker or the right. people in the maker space. And so that's just where we're in a unique opportunity is the fact that we're using these tools literally every day um, and running across the same frustrations and problems as you guys listening 
may be coming across. I think it's just a unique position that we could really provide value, which is really awesome. Yeah. You know, that would actually be a cool segment. Aside from this would just be, what are the common frustrations that other people have found that maybe like you think you're the only person so what you're telling me frustration so what you're telling me is you're asking for call-ins that's right hot takes (laughs) (laughs) all right send in your hot takes people i I have one to to let's have right so for circular saws Mm -hmm. the the guards on them have too much sort of open space yeah like i want much more of a zero clearance thing between the blade and the the plate that you rest things on yeah so i know that those things are open for for reasons for dust and stuff like that um, and it's also because I'm using probably like contractor sort of, you know, grade or sort of DIY grade tools that are meant for sort of like rough framing and this stuff rather than, you know, cabinet making. But it still seems really odd that the, you know, that that faceplate has so much sort of open space in it. Hmm. Yeah. Chris, do you have any? Well, I mean, the thing that made it start, made me start thinking about it was when you were talking about the speed square, just how... So part of the frustration, part of the frustration is that there are things on there that you're not going to use that become a hindrance to you. Yeah. Which just getting rid of those things would already make it a better tool for you. And it would kind of look cooler too, right? It would look cooler. And it would also give you some like blank spaces on the tool where you'd be like, what things would be useful for me to have in here? Yeah. So I'm already thinking of like a combination of that T-Rule tool that I really love using, right? Yeah. There'd be a way, and that thing's actually a good example of it has an insane amount of functionality in in or not functionality but slots like it basically <laughs> has like every 64th of an inch you can make a mark yeah yeah and it's it's almost overkill like i think that a, a more simplified version would probably work better for a lot of people yeah it would be easier to like quickly glance at and know that you're choosing the the right hole full right uh but there'd probably be a way to like work some of that a more simplistic version into something like a speed square by getting rid of the other functionality that it already has. So, I mean, of course the, the whole idea for this, for this company and this brand is not to just be a brand of clamps, right? So we've been already experimenting and exploring what our next products are going to be that we're going to release. Um, hint. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hints were, I mean, we, we've definitely got some plans in the works. We've actually been, uh, working really hard to, to develop a really good Japanese pole saw. Now, of course, so yeah, I, I build and I, I do things I make, but <laughs> not nearly as, not nearly to the level of, of you guys. Right. But um, well, no one does really think that. that's, oh, that's wow. very accurate. That's very accurate. Um, but yeah, I mean, f- just based on, you know, the feedback from you three and from some of the other people we've talked to, we've got some really clear points. Um, some really defined features that we can make better on a pole saw. Um, yeah, like like uh, one of the easy fixes I think is just getting rid of the the rip teeth, which are the really rough side to yeah. most of the Japanese pole saws. Oftentimes, you've got fine teeth on one side, coarse teeth teeth on the other. Mm-hmm. And have you guys ever used the coarse coarse teeth except for use, like? Yeah, you find that it's just really useless, kind of. Yeah, if you're trying to trim dowels or or like trim a board flush, it just it just splits in grain and just like splinters go everywhere and so one of the things that we want to do is one just get rid of those rough teeth because i don't like once again i don't know about you guys but i'm not gonna like rip an entire like four foot board with a japanese pole saw (laughs) there's people that do it and good for them but i have this thing called a circular saw and it works really well Mm -hmm. and so 
the other the other thing about most pull saws is the fine teeth are really fine, and based on the samples and all the research we're doing, fine to the point of diminishing returns, where the cut is taking way longer than it needs to. When we could do a slightly more aggressive tooth and um, get similar results, and still get probably ninety percent as clean results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, we really could, yeah, in our testing, we really couldn't even tell the difference. Exactly. We tried to AB, you know? we tried to ABM, and it just they're literally impossible to distinguish and so taking those rough teeth away now allow us to have a double-sided blade where both sides are just as useful so if you get a saw and you use one side and those teeth run down you don't need a new blade you just need to flip Flip it it over over. and so if we can add value in those types of ways where you're already buying the tool we're just making it more useful Mm-hmm. That's really, really awesome. The other thing that, that I'm excited about, and this might be more of a small concern, but for me it's an important one, is like I'm so sick of these like loud, obnoxious oh, branding and labels yeah. on the so many companies do. Like I don't want to see mega and ultra and super heavy duty <laughs> ultra max right like on every thing that's sort of construction or making related like right. is this for making or I, for monster like, truck? why can't we have like <laughs> uh, or it's either you know it's either that from like the big box home improvement centers where it's like really loud kind of like monster energy drink type branding yeah or it's like super super expensive like you know, thousand dollar chisels that yeah. are like tasteful. It's like, yeah, I kind of want something that's in between. That's, uh, you know, that's it's utilitarian, but functional, yeah, clean. That's like if you if you left it out on your desk, it would look nice. It does. It would yeah. look nice enough to sit on a desk, not just in, in you know hidden away in a in a garage. And you know, in home goods, we see that all the time. You can see you can get a, a reasonably priced chef's knife that's not. You know, covered in plastic, have a yeah. bunch of, of of labels all over it, and all that stuff that that looks clean, that would look good in a photo. Um, and I think if you like if you like cooking, there's a certain amount of of sort of expressive identity to that. If you enjoy making, you know that that's something you're proud of. It's something. It's, it's your hobby. It's a it's a passion. And I think like having, you know, sort of tools or items that sort of fit your overall sort of style or lifestyle is like a really cool idea. She looks like that. Right. People pick pocket knives, you know, partly because of which ones sort of serve their needs, but also because of the way they look too. Sure. And and I think that's kind of a cool thing. Well, if I could just jump in, like what I find so cool, the, the direction of this, of this company is the fact that like you three are are the epitome of makers, you know what I mean? Like, and and <laughs> that's according to you, right? Actually, and your millions of followers cards. and subscribers. So, um, but right, by like, like these these tools and and these products that we're releasing are being test case are being tested right by you guys, and like they're being made for you and people like you. And so, like, what other brands can you guys think of that literally are are made? Uh, by the people that they're trying to sell, that they're trying to sell to, you know, the what same I mean? people like, using it are the ones making the creative. Exactly, decisions, it just it awesome. just hardly it it doesn't really happen. You know, I've got to ask though: Has it been tough working with us? With us, like 
saying no to so many things where you're like, we could do this. I'm like, no, I don't want to be rude, but no, we got to do this or we got to use this or like this just won't work. Or So in, in all my other businesses, my business partners have been uh, either really close to me or I knew, or I've known them for a long time. And so this was different for me, but you guys have been really easy to work with. And what's more is I realize that I can trust your guys' opinion, right? Like it, it, it's Same, not yeah. like it's not like you have an uneducated thought when you say something because I know where you're coming from. I know the experience you guys have, so it's actually been really easy for me. I know what I'm good at, and I know what you guys are good at. Mm-hmm. You're right. welcome. <laughs> One thing to mention, just people might be interested in hearing it, is that the way that this whole thing came about, it's something yeah. that actually Ben, Mike, and I were have been interested in for a while, right? And something that yeah. we've been talking about. Yeah, like every so after every podcast, we usually kind of just like talk business for twenty minutes or so. After you know, catch up, talk yeah, about exactly. talk about what we're making, talk about what deals are happening, or like ideas for projects. Yeah, and ideas stuff. that we have, things that we're interested in pursuing, that and kind Mike of stuff. Mike always wants to do more. Pro- Mike would always be like, "Oh, let's do products, let's make products, let's do more merch." That's right. the problem, though. Is it seemed like every week I also was like, "You know what we should be doing, guys? Forget right. everything else. Yeah, we talk- we uh, need to be doing hard hats." Mike would always suggest <laughs> something. That's a good idea. We would suggest a new a new business line or a new business model that sort of add into what we're doing. Chris would sort of ask a few thoughtful questions and I'd be like, uh, you know, it's a good idea, but here's why it, it won't work. And that like sort of old man cynical, uh, <laughs> but it's checks and balances. Yeah. yeah. It's checks and balances. From, from my standpoint, that was coming from, cause I, you know, I have invested in tool companies before I invested in that company, Ergo Kiwi, yeah. uh, which, created a fantastic product that totally fit a need but really struggled with fulfillment because it was led by a designer uh, who didn't know anything about fulfillment and manufacturing and just was only thinking about the sort of creative aspects and not taking care of the things. And really, we had an awesome Kickstarter campaign that started off great. And then yeah. pissed off a lot of those people because they were really slow on fulfillment and they didn't have good communication and those things. So when Mike would bring up these ideas after the podcast, I would always be like, okay, that's great. But I was coming from the standpoint of like I've seen good ideas not work out in the business sense because they didn't have good fulfillment. They didn't have someone that was crossing the T's and dotting the I's and making sure everything was getting done. Yeah, focused on the numbers rather than the creative stuff. Yeah. And my concern was we're good at content production. We could do those other things, but our loyalty, our first sort of impulse is going to be focusing on content producing and those things. Right. So having Jordan sort of reach out to Mike and then Mike bring him to us uh, uh, sort of worked out well because – you know, with these kind of things, you do need to take the f- ideas are fun. People get really excited about ideas and I, and I get it right. Like their ideas are catchy. They're kind of like the, the beat, you know, it's, it's, it's the part that you sort of remember the most, mm-hmm. but you need all that other infrastructure there as well. Everybody's got ideas. Yeah. Right. Not everybody can go through with them. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of playing along with, with what you're saying, Chris, like, so kind of what happened was I wanted to start a company based on a hobby of mine, which is making. And, you know, of course I watch all three of your guys' videos to, <laughs> to learn how to, how to make stuff. Yeah. Mostly of them. Well, you're not going to like this next part. So <laughs> Ooh, what, here what, we go. Well, Bring no, him down no, no, a peg. No, no. Mike's all, my favorite. All that happened was I reached out to Mike specifically because I was like, I, I do watch his videos a lot. We're similar in age. 
I don't know, maybe we'd work well together. Like, that's literally what my thought process So what you're saying is I had a great personality. You really <laughs> wanted to work with me. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I yeah, shot, shot, him a, shot you a cold email. Yeah. And, and to be honest... It was a short email, too. It was literally maybe like three sentences... Like yeah. you introduced yourself, like, clamps. hey, I'm Jordan Thompson. <laughs> I'm from Boise, Idaho. I have this experience and this is what I want to do. Are yeah. you interested in like hearing more about it? Yeah, exactly. Cause, well, yeah. And uh, I mean, I knew that if I sent you a three page thesis, you weren't going to even read it. So, but to be honest though, I really wasn't even expecting you to respond. I was like, oh, he's probably got like some secretary or something that's going to delete it or throw it in the rug. And, well, then I, and then I get this response and I was like... I was pumped. Yeah, well, it's funny. Like, your email wasn't the first email like that that I've gotten, but it was just, for one, it was concise because, believe it or not, I've had, like, pages sent to me, and it's just like, I don't think I'm going to read it. And, like, they, like, the idea of that is, like, the person is vetting themselves out of the equation because... I just normally read the flattery that they start with. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, I've got what I needed out of this. Exactly. And so you got right to the point, like, Threw out your idea, thought or and your thoughts on why it would be successful. We had a phone call, then a Google Hangout. Yeah, we did a quick phone call, and then we're like, let's talk further. Exactly, so Google, and then Hangout. and then after that Google Hangout, I think prior to the Google Hangout, I had mentioned that I was talking to Jordan and that this was going to happen. Yeah. And so I think you guys kind of had a couple questions that I made sure and asked and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when I brought up the idea of instead of it being like me and you. It would be a split equity between us. We would all be working together uh, for the common goal. And you were open to the idea. We all kind of pitched in equally and made it made it just like a good, clean investment with everybody. And, and yeah, started running. So clamps are the first thing. We're moving on to saws next. There's no ETA on those. We're just going to keep it hanging. Yeah, um, and they're good. Until we get but, it right. And we have a few asks of the audience. Now, obviously, it would be great if you supported this thing, but no pressure there. But... More importantly, uh, if there's sort of your feedback would be hugely valuable. So it would yeah, be in the form of leaving us a review. Uh, when we do get these things eventually up on Amazon and things like that, that would be amazing. Um, but also just like feedback in terms of actual functionality. Like let us know like what you think works and doesn't work or what other sort of features or accessories you'd like to see added to it. Because that's the cool thing is we're working like so closely with the manufacturers. Like we've made so many tweaks and small iterations on of each clamps that if you guys have that idea that's like, oh, why didn't we why did we not think of that or whatever it is, we can actually implement it. It's not like just going to some big corporate entity where it's got to go through twelve layers of approval before anybody even thinks about implementing those ideas. It's like the people reading it are the, also the people making the decisions on we do need to change it or we don't need to change it or this could improve it. So as much involvement as we can ca- have from especially like the early adopters, the people that get those first iterations of these clamps, that's what we want. We want people like stress testing them, really putting them through their paces, finding if, I mean, at this point, we've gone through them. There should not be flaws. But if there is a flaw, we want, yeah, if there is a flaw, we want to catch it. So, so yeah, really like really use them and, and kind of like as much info as you guys can provide for us. That's amazing. Yeah, the other thing, too, is that we're right now figuring out what we're doing for social media for this new company. And that's also something that we want to be more participatory rather than just sort of broadcasting, here's another shot of this product. Like, right, it can't all be beauty yeah. shots, we've all, right? We've all worked with brands that 
you know, frankly, don't have creative other than just taking more and more photos of yeah. their products. We we don't mind collaborating. We know that we're never going to make all the the tools that you need. Right. You're always going to, you know, we hope to just be a supplement into your other tools and hopefully right. some of your favorites. So what we really want to do with our these so, social media channels is, one, we want to highlight people in the making community. And we don't want to just highlight the average use case. Whenever whenever I do a shoot with a, a tool company, they always want me to use the most generic sort of use case, right? Because they're, they're thinking towards the average. We want to create a brand that also has room to celebrate the specificities, the weird things, the people that that work with recycled uh, plastic bottles, like a Peter Brown, right? Or uh, or someone that works a lot with resin. Hopefully, not making river tables. Um, <laughs> or someone that works a lot with like two by fours and, and, yeah. and makes furniture out of them rather than houses or walls. So we want to uh, sort of celebrate those things and help make the devices and tools that sort of you know you know work for them. Also, if you can top crushing a cinder block, we want to see it. <laughs> have a crush off. Yeah, exactly. So whoever can like crush the coolest thing with with the uh, with the T bar, with the T bar clamp, yeah. challenge accepted. <laughs> You're accepting it for I'm them. I'm gonna take mine to Applebee's. <laughs> oh, speaking of guys, who's obsessed with anything this week? Other than crushing cinder blocks with T bar clamps, I know it's hard, right? It. Can uh, I tell you mine? Yeah. The hoverboard. Oh, you're using for tracking shots. I've been using the hoverboard to get crispy, smooth slider shots. Basically, (laughs) it's like my steady camera. Are they crispy or they smooth? Crispy and smooth. It's an insane juxtaposition, but it works. (laughs) (laughs) The shots are crispy and the movement is smooth. Those hoverboards are actually pretty incredible. Like it's a pretty amazing piece of technology. How responsive! It's sort of weird when you first get on one. You're like thinking, oh, this is so unstable. But all of a sudden, you you kind of just figure it out. Yeah, you got to get the feel of it. Yeah, right. I jumped really on there for, quickly. I jumped on there today, and it was interesting at the beginning, but anyway. <laughs> I, I feel like to keep the uh, to keep the theme going of choosing obsessions that are like a little bit what was popular a while ago. I'm gonna go fidget spinners. Oh I'm God, highly obsessed Chris, with that. Oh, and Chris, tickle come me on, Elmo. my man. I'm huge into uh, Furbies. Uh, Tamaguchi. <laughs> River tables, yeah. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know. I don't got one. You don't even have an obsession. Oh, I'll I'll give you oh, an obsession. One? Oh, I know. Our shoes. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me and Mike realized today that we had the same exact shoes, different color. Different colors, but different would, sizes. Different colors and different <laughs> sizes. I saw his shoe because normally I see Mike on camera. He's got boots on, but well, he hurt his toe. It's getting better. It's, it's getting pretty better. much healed at this point, so but he, he it's was, still not fun fitting it into leather boots without much room. He was slumming it in some tennis shoes. Yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking at it. She's like, new. Ba- Those are the same New Balance that I got. Look at this. Yeah, I felt so pedestrian. Yeah, man. We're you gotta do to what club. you gotta do. So, Jordan, welcome to the podcast. The real challenge, the obsession. Yeah, uh, kind of caught me off guard here, but uh, <laughs> I would say the one thing that like. I'm obsessed with right now. I got a new pair of sunglasses. Ooh, they're they're wood grain. Nice. Uh-oh. They're actually really really cool. Uh, the brand is Proof. Actually, I don't know if you guys have heard of that. I don't think Proof. I have. I'll check them out. Yeah. Are they um, on Instagram? Yes. At Proof sunglasses. At Proof eyewear. Proof eyewear. Close. Yeah. At cool. Proof eyewear. They're really cool. They're you know every, they make everything out of wood grain and uh, yeah 
That's, that's what I'm just good with. stuff. Yeah, they're really cool. Ben, really great. You got they're anything? based out of Boise too, by the way. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, I better yeah. just say that because that's, <laughs> that's big for me. <laughs> so for mine, I'm going to give a shout out to our boy John Malecki, who's got a pretty awesome YouTube channel. Uh, he's been more active in the past on Instagram, but his YouTube's really coming on strong. So be sure to check him out. Uh, if you just Google John Malecki, uh, you'll you'll find him. He'll his links will be down in the description, along with everything else we've been talking and about. In, in particular, uh, he's had a Live Edge River Table. This one with glass. Yes, pretty amazing. Killing it over a million views. So, Boom! Uh, congrats to him. But. Just general, really good, consistent content. And uh, if you're someone that's interested in doing custom furniture uh, or custom builds where you're sort of making stuff uh, for commissions, I think he's a really good role model or sort of case study to follow. One, he's got a good business sense, but he's also uh, a skilled enough woodworker that he can make both really great sort of artistic pieces, but without sort of, you know, being one of those sort of penniless master craftsmen that uh, is so in love with the craft that they they don't have a good sense of the business side of things. Not to mention, hmm. killer podcast. Good, also uh, excellent podcast with our our other buddy uh, Brad Rodriguez from Fix This Build That. So so check out John Malecki's stuff, uh, YouTube, Instagram. He's all over the place. Uh, you'll like it. Podcast is called Made for Profit. So and he's got a pretty good. I, I don't know if I'd officially consider it a catchphrase, but something that he says all the time. Yins. Oh that's a Pittsburgh thing. Oh, is but, that a Pittsburgh thing? Yeah. He's the only person in the world I've ever seen like no, write not. that. I didn't know you could spell it, but Y I N Z is is a word. Yeah, uh, you know, he'll punch things in the face. You yeah. punch. Sometimes you just got to punch life in the face. Yeah. Yeah. life know? gives you a problem. Punch it in the face. Exactly. You do that sometimes. So, so shout out to John. Exactly. So thanks a lot for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. iTunes reviews. Send them. I always say it. That's I'm going to leave it at that. We are at Four Eyes Furniture, at Benjamin Ueda, at Modern Builds, collectively, at Modern Maker Podcast. And Jordan, you want to plug yourself? Go plug yourself. Dude, I don't even know my Instagram handle. <laughs> All right, screw it. You're out. You Sorry, lost opportunity. You got to have that on ready. I don't need followers. I don't need that. <laughs> so just double Maker Brand Co. Exactly. So yeah, go follow the Maker Brand Co. Instagram and uh, just be excited for it. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Later. See you.